Near the angle of the fence, he would dig a shallow trench, and over it pile up a rockery of bricks and stones and earth. Once started, he could take his time about it, and every day would make him more and more secure. There was an air of solidity and permanency about a rockery that nothing else could give. He was back in the house when the charwoman arrived, and in a few words told her of his accident of the night before. I cleaned up the the mess as well as I could, he concluded. Mrs. Howe nodded. I'll have a go at it while you're having your breakfast, she remarked. Good job for you, sir, that you ain't one of them as faints at the sight of blood. She brought coffee and bacon into the little back dining room, and Keller, as he sat drinking his coffee and trying to eat, heard her at work in the study. He pushed away his plate at last, and filling a pipe, from which all flavour had departed, sat smoking and thinking. He was interrupted by Mrs. Howe. She stood in the doorway, with a question which numbed his brain, and for a time arrested his speech. Eh? he said at last. Key of the bicycle shed, repeated the woman, staring at him. You had a couple of my dusters to clean your bicycle with. Keller felt in his pockets, thinking thinking. Hmm, he said at last. I'm afraid I've mislaid it. I'll look for it presently. Mrs. Howe nodded. You do look bad, she said with an air of concern. Perhaps you hurt yourself more than what you think. Keller forced a smile and shook his head, sinking back into his chair as she vanished and trying to control his quivering limbs. For a long time, he sat inert listening dully to the movement of Mrs. Howe as she bustled to and fro. He heard her washing the step at the back door, and after that, a rasping, grating noise, to which at first he paid but little heed. Then there was a faint, musical clinking, as of keys knocking together. Keys? He sprang from his chair like a madman, and dashed to the door. Mrs. Howe, with a bunch of odd keys tied on a string, had inserted one in the lock of the bicycle shed and was trying to turn it. Stop! cried Keller in a dreadful voice. Stop! He snatched the keys from her and, flinging them from him, stood mouthing dumbly at her. The fear in her eyes recalled him to his senses. Spoil the lock, he muttered. Spoil the lock. Sorry, I didn't mean to shout. No sleep all night. Neuralgia. Afraid my nerves are wrong. The woman's face relaxed and her eyes softened. I saw you weren't yourself as soon as I saw you this morning, she exclaimed. She went back into the house, but he thought she eyed him curiously as she passed. She resumed her work, but in a subdued fashion, and two or three times that morning, meeting his eyes, nervously turned away her own. He realised at last that he was behaving in an unusual fashion altogether. In and out of the house and in the garden, never far from the shed. By lunchtime, he had regained control of himself. He opened a bottle of beer and, congratulating Mrs. Howe upon the grilling of the chops, went on to speak of her husband and the search for work, which had been his only occupation since his marriage ten years before. Some of the fear went out of the woman's eyes, but not all, and it was with obvious relief that she left the room. For some time after lunch, Keller stayed in the dining room, 
and that in itself was unusual. Two or three times he got up and resolved, for the sake of appearances, to take a short walk, but the shed held him. He dare not leave it unguarded. With a great effort, he summoned up sufficient resolution to take him to the bottom of the garden and start his gruesome task. He dug roughly, avoiding the shape which...